Before we get started on Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine, we'd like to tell you about the Miracle Moments Luncheon to benefit Easter Seals UCP Port Health. Earfluence, which produces this podcast, is a proud sponsor, and we'd like you to join us May 1st, 2024 at 1130 Eastern Time at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary. This event helps raise funds and awareness for the life-changing direct services provided to more than 40,000 children, adults, and families living with disabilities, mental health, and substance challenges so they can live their best lives. We'll put more information on Easter Seals and the luncheon in the show notes, but again, that's Wednesday, May 1st at 1130 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary, and we hope to see you there. Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batched bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit oldraleydistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. They're taking this real responsibility to preserve our identity instead of just filling empty spaces. And the good news is a resurgence is in the works. It's been in the works. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm host Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball from living our lives and having conversations in our city. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. So this podcast is where we give you inside access to the behind the scenes scoop. Things that were too hot to print or too much to fit in the magazine. Basically what's left on the editing room floor. So let's dive into the newest issue. Arguably the single most important street in Raleigh, if not North Carolina, Fayetteville Street, or what many major stakeholders call the city's main street, it's a symbol of our city. With me today is Melissa Housem, Editor-in-Chief, to talk about efforts to re-energize the street. Melissa, thanks for joining me. Always happy to be here. You know, if people haven't lived here for very long, most people don't realize that Fayetteville Street was closed in 1976 to traffic and became sort of a pedestrian mall. Mayor Meeker reopened it in 2006, and there were some iconic places that have opened since then. Foundation, Isaac Hunter's, G. Patel had Sono and Oxford and a few others. Um, It even had the famous Wahlburgers here for a what, less than a year? Right, Marky Mark's famous burger spot. Yeah. Which I will say wasn't the greatest place to eat a burger. No. A lot of fanfare, not a lot of good food. Yeah. <laughs> name name and notoriety for sure. You moved back about that time. Yeah. So this this strip of of land is really important to me. It's the single reason I moved back to Raleigh after I left. Um and so that street it, it's it's hard to really put in a nutshell how much it means to a lot of people, but like you mentioned, it closed to, to become a pedestrian mall in 1976. So for my entire life, I didn't know it to be other anything other than a pedestrian mall. Um, I left to go to Chicago and then D.C. around 2007 to 2010. In that time, of course, this is when Fayetteville Street gets reopened, 
And when it's first reopened, it's still nothing. There's not anything there yet. But as you just mentioned, these places started to pop up around 2009. Um, two of my best friends were opening Isaac Hunter's, and I came home to visit in the spring of 2010. And we were sitting outside. It wasn't open yet. It was a group of us. We're right in front of the Capitol, and it's later than it should be probably. And we're just sitting at a table drinking, laughing. And I look up at the Capitol, and I just think, like, I could— in D.C. right now, and this street has so much potential, and it gives me the chills just thinking about it, and I was like, I I want to come home. Like, I want to watch this grow up and happen. Well, and I had a similar experience, but from a different perspective. Iron Man brought their triathlon here, which is a, a national, international event. Thousands and thousands of people are in town, and the finish line turns at the Capitol and ends, you know, right in front of, um, I don't know, I mean, right there at the end of the street before you get to Duke Energy Center. And so all these runners, as you're looking up, waiting for them to cross the finish line, you're looking straight at our state Capitol. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was hotter than three hells that day, but (laughs) it was gorgeous. And it it was really a chance for a lot of people to experience our city in a way that had really never happened before. Mm -hmm. So this street is important to our story, I think. Yeah, I mean, those are things you picture happening in other major cities that we never really had here that are starting to emerge. Fayetteville Street, with that at least, is it's not just about the bars. It, it, there's, you know, activations happening and festivals and all, all sorts of things start to emerge over the next decade. Yeah, I mean, certainly the street has been suffering. There's no doubt when you look around, it's it's missing. It's the luster and the excitement it used to be as busy as Glenwood South and Glenwood mm-hmm. Avenue. Turning left was virtually impossible. Um, <laughs> hordes of people piling out of one restaurant into another. But, you know, we've we've been hearing that there's some things happening on the street to try to bring it back. Yeah, I mean, this went from being this bustling place that, that we're reminiscing about to all but a desert. And you've still got a couple heavyweights there, obviously not to be left out. Foundation, so no big easy. But otherwise, it's pretty desolate now. And so we heard rumblings, like you said, of um, people making and taking a vested interest in re-energizing Fayetteville Street. And so one of the people we talked to about that was Raleigh Leifer and developer David Meeker. Um, so think Trophy. He owns Irregardless, Brookside Bodega. He also owns Carpenter Development. So I talked to Meeker, and um, he said, you know, this is important to point out. It's not just a pandemic problem. This is really the perfect storm. And he threw us back to Drunk Town, which if you haven't lived here, that might be a foreign term. But basically, it was a time several years ago where Fayetteville Street residents were kind of put off in discouraging nightlife post 11 p.m. And the result of that was pushing all the late night action toward Glenwood South. Well, and there was also the time, if you remember back when we had the patio problems. Yeah. And they put rules in place that allowed you not to be on the patio, but for so so late. Restaurants were really having mm-hmm. to curtail what was happening on the streets. I think that played into that. The patio problem there has always been an interesting one because you have these big, beautiful sidewalks. Right. And there's like everybody's fighting for that real estate. Well, and but. my argument all along was if you moved to Fayetteville Street in High Rise, you knew you were going to listen to people going up and down the street Thank and you. having a good time. So you chose to live there. Yeah, so because you- nobody's complaining on Glenwood South, but nope. I digress. Mm-hmm. So after Drunk Town and some, you know, of the nightlife has moved, and if you've been here, you would you would remember partying on Fayetteville Street and now partying on Glenwood. But add to that from there, you know, the pandemic, of course. And Fayetteville Street was hit uniquely 
because it's the office district. This is where most of the office workers are. And then finally, of course, everybody will remember the social unrest and the lingering fear and the boarded buildings. That's really the the perfect storm. It really did. And Fayetteville Street has not had the opportunity to bounce back in ways that other parts of the city have. In our December 2020 issue, just before that, I'd been sitting outside at Foundation. And so we're still in the throes of the pandemic, right? So Mm -hmm. this is December 2020. But there are buildings that are still boarded up. Right. And it's because no one's replaced the glass. Mm -hmm. And if you look in both directions, and so we did a story called Bring Down the Boards and talks about there's no way to revitalize Fayetteville Street or get people back downtown as long as it looks like almost like a war zone. And that's how it looked with with boarded up windows and no glass. Certainly a lot of that has changed since then. Um, Sure, but it did have like an end times feel to it. It almost felt like— to me at least, is this street ever going right. to be able to bounce back? And I think they took the boards down, most of the the landlord and, and stakeholders, but nothing's gone back in those places, right. so they're still sitting empty. Right. Yeah, and so that's something that Meeker pointed out, you know, the lasting impact of this. And, 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 and I think it was interesting and admirable that the stakeholders down there, the Empire Properties and Dominion Realty, they didn't— take shortcuts. They could have signed leases for temporary mm-hmm. businesses to go in that may not have been um, ideal for Fayetteville Street and may not have been good for the city overall. And so they hung in there. They didn't sign short-term leases. And so I think now we're far enough past all of this that something has to happen. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at shopvillagedistrict, Visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com or sign up to receive texts by texting the word VILLAGE to 919-701-0202. Yeah, they are looking, um, they're taking this real responsibility to preserve our identity instead of just filling empty spaces. And the good news is a resurgence is in the works. It's been in the works. And so... Uh, another stakeholder that um, is super important on Fayetteville Street is Highwoods Properties. Shout that, out to Skip Hill. That's right. Shout out to Skip Hill as the senior vice president. And we had a lively conversation. Um, he is very personally and professionally invested in Fayetteville Street. So just to give you guys a little bit of um, back info, Highwoods Property owns a lot on Fayetteville Street. They own four towers. Um, They own 1.4 million square feet of office space downtown, but that includes the four towers on Fayetteville Street. So you have Charter Square, one city plaza, which also includes the four glass jewel boxes in front of it, think Happy and Hale, uh, PNC Plaza. And then as of July 2021, they added to their portfolio the Wells Fargo building. So they have a lot at stake here, literally. They do. And they have so much at stake that Highwoods is leaving Capitol Boulevard and that area and coming downtown and taking the 14th and 15th floors that were Pendo in the Wells Fargo building. They are taking over that space. I mean, I, I think he's, he's clear. They, they, have a, they have a 
real stake in the success. But beyond that, Skip's from Raleigh, went to NC State. Mm -hmm. Like so many of the people that are invested, David Meeker, I mean, Fayetteville Street is part of his dad's legacy. As mayor, he reopened the street. And so I think they have a vested interest in making sure that Raleigh not only is wonderful for newcomers and people who move here, but that it, it keeps its history and uniqueness that we all love so much about this city. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, when I said he's lively, I mean, he's a riot. Like, talking to Skip, it felt like you're Charlie Bucket with the golden ticket, and his vision of Fable Street is Wonka land in the best possible way. They have a ton of ideas of how to activate this strip and make it a really cool area. He wants it to be the best street in Raleigh. He wants it to be the best street in North Carolina, and he would go as far as to say the Southeast. His ideas are creative and smart and limitless, um, and he will talk to you if you want. If you want to know the ideas, he will talk to you about them. But we finally found them, somebody who talks as much as you do. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. It's hard to find. <laughs> but uh, I know he was like, do you have time to talk for a while? Because I'll just keep going. And I was like, oh, we're both going to do this. We're in trouble. But um, anyway, so one of the ideas he had, you know, because this isn't just about retail and restaurants. One of the ideas is to literally light it up. So picture like the trees aglow from one end to the other, from uh, the Performing Arts Center to the Capitol building. And that's something that they have to work on, you know, with the city and with Duke Energy. But I think it's something that it will make it safer. It makes it more attractive. And it just, it it's energizing it, you know, and lighting it up. Well, if you think about it, what's so pretty about that street at, hol- at the holidays is mm-hmm. they light it up from one end to the other. And so exactly. you'd love to see him keep that throughout the year. He... And so they've already done some work on the Wells Fargo building. So if you remember the days of Cafe Carolina being in the on the first level of that building, um, serving breakfast and lunch, well, they have remodeled that and have put in the foundation of a bar and restaurant that would be full service, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and having a bar. Not late night, but this would be really for business meetings and people who work in the buildings downtown. And so they are actively looking for a restaurant group to come into that space and be committed to helping them revitalize the area. Yeah, he mentioned that they ha- they own a couple of vacant spaces right now, Be Good, Living Kitchen, and Cafe Carolina with plans for all of them, so stay tuned. But he doubled down on really wanting this end that you're talking about, the Cafe Carolina and the Capital Inn, to be the cool place to be um, and to, to bring more vibrancy down there. We also reached out to Amber Mishakis, um, president of LM Restaurants. Uh, I think Vidrio, Averde, Carolina Ale House, Taverna Gora, just a slew of restaurants. We had a feeling, and we'd heard through the grapevine, that they mm-hmm. may be looking at Fayetteville Street. And I think Amber really believes it's it would be a great investment in downtown and helping this area bounce back if they located a restaurant there. No word on when, no word on what, or even style, but we know they're looking. They know it could take a year or two, and they might be the only restaurant, new restaurant down there. But there's just not a lot of choice there. And if you're working down there, there's definitely not a lot of choice. Yeah, and that's exactly what she said. She said they're really excited about downtown. It's got a lot enormous potential, is actually what she said, and that they they feel like they can fit in well, but they were, they're looking for the right opportunity to put the right brand that's going to drive the activation of Fayetteville Street. A couple of months ago, even before this story came about, I had coffee with David Meeker, and he and I were chatting, and he was talking about 
forming a committee or that the DRA was going to form a committee to sort of look at how to revitalize the retail beyond just restaurants and bars and hospitality. But, you know, the window, the building fronts are very narrow, don't offer a lot of window space. Um, Mm -hmm. He talked about having great dreams of wanting to bring Apple and had them have a store on the street. I mean, they've got great plans. I think there's some real interesting people who are involved in this and are dreaming big in terms of retail that they want to put on the street. Yeah, it's interesting because you don't think about it until you hear it, but Fayetteville Street is full of these long or tall, narrow buildings. It's not what a lot of retailers think. They're, if you're picturing like Fifth Avenue right. or picturing these big window spaces, but uh, Meeker and, and the, the committee, they all have a lot of ideas about how to overcome that and make it an appealing, make it a pro instead of a con. And the sidewalks definitely play into that. But also just kind of going back to the the restaurants and the diversity and the livelihood that hospitality brings to the area, um, I think one thing that everybody we talked to made clear uh, that we want to make clear is that no one is looking to bring Junk Town back to Fayetteville Street. Um, Glenwood South is what it is now, and it has its own unique aura, as Skip put it. And, you know, that's sort of the nightlife district now. It's emerged as that. And that's not, Fayetteville Street's not looking to rewind. It's looking ahead. Right. Time to add the mix into the mix of your go-to hotspots with signature craft cocktails and neat pours, 12 rotating craft beers, and eight rotating fine wines, plus cider and bubbles. The mix has the perfect pour for everyone. Take flight with beer, wine, whiskey, mezcal, and tequila. Or not in the spirit? Craft cannabis gummies and high seltzers also invite. Sprawl out on the patio, post up on the couch with your laptop on a weekday, Catch the big game on multiple TVs or cozy up in the wine library for an upscale paired tasting. Weekly events keep the good times coming from tastings to live music and more. For the full lineup of events and offerings, visit BottleMix.com. Yes, with two X's. So that's BottleMixX.com. Well, and we've talked a lot about the stuff that's missing, and one of the one of my favorite places on Fayetteville Street right now, and and I know the plant long term plans are for it to move, but I love the city of Raleigh Museum, and whether you've lived here your entire life or whether you are new to Raleigh, if you haven't been to the city of Raleigh Museum, you're missing something. Absolutely, um, they Ernie does some of the best exhibits you will find anywhere, and if you can convince him to take you in the basement. <laughs> It's like walking through the basement of the Smithsonian. It is just incredible the things that have been donated to the museum. Long-term plans are to move the museum to Dick's Park eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that I love that idea. I don't think, I, you know, I don't know that it'll get the same access and people will visit it the same way if it's out there. But I, a plug for the museum, they do great events and they have one of the best gift shops if you want to buy something that's personalized Raleigh for anyone that's the best place to buy it. Yeah, and I think that that museum being here is important to one of the most attractive aspects of Fayetteville Street, which is the history. So we also talked to Bill King from DRA, Downtown Raleigh Alliance, and he talks a lot about how the architecture is one of the great strengths of Fayetteville Street, and it is a really good blend of modernist and historic. 
there is a storefront revitalization effort going on that will be really important to the resurgence of Fayetteville Street. And we've seen this in the NC Bar Buildings renovation. Um, they now have a spot ready to to be for a tenant. Uh, the first citizens building was daylight. The windows were daylighted. Mm-hmm. Now there is a ground floor reno there. And of course, the CVS space is being updated. Kimball's will be updated. And so these are some really important uh, properties on Fayetteville Street that are going to be primed and ready for rebirth. Well, and there's also the exciting plan for the convention hotel. We're talking, mm-hmm. um, think about cities where you go to where the convention center is attached to a fantastic hotel, full service hotel with a walkway. Right. That's exactly, that's what like we Charlotte. don't. We don't, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Richmond. Every city has that except for Raleigh currently. And so there is an RFI, RFP out and plans to put um, 500 room hotel mixed use on the bottom with retail and restaurants directly across from Duke Energy Center that would be adjacent to the convention center, probably with a walkway over the street or something similar. Yeah, I mean, that's a game changer. Imagine the kinds of conventions and conferences and events and so on that you would be able to attract to a city with a convention center of that scope. Well, if I remember correctly— we asked, I don't know if that's on the list or not, but we asked a burning question in this issue that's um, out now. We asked some some of our favorite people around town that are big thinkers what we thought the city was missing. Mm-hmm. And not in a negative way, but in a, if we could have anything we wanted, sort of that tourist destination, what would... Like the Seattle Space Needle or, or the, the Chicago the, Bean. The Bean, or, exactly. Yeah. Um, and we've got some good ideas from people, but one of the things that someone suggested was how much we needed a full-service large hotel with mm-hmm. the convention center. Yes, it's not a touristy trap but it's um, or destination, but it would bring lots of tourists to town, and we get bigger conventions. Yeah, because Charlotte actually recently renovated theirs, and that was huge news, and it's mm-hmm. all part of this, you know, very attractive part of, de- well, uptown, excuse me, um, Charlotte. And so just— Knowing what it's done there and what a big deal it's been, you can kind of see that. We don't want to be Charlotte, of course, but you can kind of see that as a model for you knew what I was going to say. Bring. That. I knew I was going to take your words. But there's another game changer that involves one of our other favorite topics, alcohol. So we're talking about social districts and what we found out about that. So, yeah, this is imminent. Um, yes. As we tape this, um, it is just before July 4th, and on the 5th, the city council will vote— on a social district. And if you don't know what that is, the legislature approved um, this past year for there to be designated social districts where in that area someone could buy a drink and and walk and shop or or participate in an event outside. It's sort open of an container. open container. <laughs> <Yeah>. Open <laughs> container area. We're all familiar with what that is. Um, and there have been many areas batted around, but they'd like for the first one to be on Fayetteville Street. So this will go before council on the 5th, and if it's passed, which it's believed it will be, it would go into effect by early August. And this would be a game changer. It'd be a game changer for festivals. It would change the area they could do it in. It would also change the ability of bars and restaurants to be interested and the mixture exactly. of retail. You could grab a drink and you could wander and shop. I think Um, it would make retail even more enticing. Yeah, the attractability to the hospitality and retail industry changes immediately once you have that um, consumer appeal. 
Um, but we also found out some things that are maybe a little bit farther down the line that are really interesting. One of which was that they're looking at hiring an economic development expert to, in the next 60 or 90 days, to basically study different cities and get recommendations for Raleigh on things that would, you know, re-energize it, um, bring some more excitement. You mean and like our burning question. Exactly, exactly. So they have an expert <laughs> looking at other cities to tell us what we what we already are telling you, so you get the issue. And another one was that Bill King talked about um, DRA was working on a concept with Raleigh Founded and Hub Kitchens on using downtown restaurant space to create an accelerator program for food and beverage entrepreneurs of color. So basically to reactivate some restaurant space, but also bring some new and diverse business ownership. So it's just a really cool way to use the space and diversify the space. Well, they have found, I mean, with the retail space, there have been several businesses not on Fayetteville Street, but open storefronts. They always do this right before the holidays in the open space. They look at some of the most successful small vendors who maybe don't have brick-and-mortar space and offer them free rent for several months to use the space. It gives them a chance to get up to see if they can handle, put some money in the coffers, expose themselves mm-hmm. to new customers. And several of those have turned into permanent tenants that way. So it's a, it's a great concept. It is. And also, you know, Skip mentioned what Highwoods has been working a lot with their tenants to help them, you know, work toward renovations and getting getting set in their spaces. And so everybody's um, literally invested emotionally, financially, and really, really wants to see this not just come back to life, but become what it's going to be. And really talking to these people, I, I can't say enough. It's, it's just enough to make you giddy. You know, Skip says— Let's, like I said, let's invest and make this the coolest street in North Carolina and the Southeast and beyond. I mean, those are big words, but if you can hear him, like he means it. And so it's like he says, we just really want to make it pop. And when you think of Raleigh, we want you to think of Fayetteville Street. And we've said it already, big thinkers. There's some good people, big thinkers in the room working on this. And so I think there's lots of hope for the recovery for the future. Okay, so a couple of quick questions. Rapid fire. Yes, rapid fire. What's your current Fayetteville Street go-to? Right now, I would say mostly it's Sono. I cannot um, underestimate how much I love that sushi. So it's been sort of like it was my go-to when I came back, and so I think it's just a, something I love. Um, what about yours? I'm probably a Foundation fan. Um, one of my favorite bartenders Ian uh, left Dram and went there, and so probably once a week I go by and see him and have a cocktail. So That's a good one. What do you miss most about Fayetteville Street? What was once there that's now gone that you miss? Okay, so I can't say that I spent a lot of time here, but I think just when I read the news that Coglins was closing, my heart broke. And, of course, I was friends with the owners. That is part of it. But it also just was arguably the most unique concept on Fayetteville Street, nostalgic at least. Um, And if you didn't know, Coglins is this like 90s (laughs) bar that you just shoulder to shoulder, you take shots and you just have, you dance your butt off. You don't have to dance, you don't have to have shots to dance your butt off. You don't have to, but it was sort of known for these things. And it's, like I said, it's not a place I went to often, but it was always a party. It was always a good time. And it just, it was heartbreaking when it closed. It's funny. I ran into someone the other day that I didn't know, or I was sitting talking to this group of people and I never met any of them. And and we were all talking about what's one thing that we miss. 
And everybody in that group was talking about Coughlin's. Yeah. Everybody has a good memory from there. I think it's just an institution, and you walk in, and they're playing, like, Whitney Houston or, you know, whatever, and you feel back in that moment. Yeah. And it just was a an experience. It wasn't just a bar. It was an Absolutely. experience. I probably miss um, Oxford in the heyday. Oh, good one. I um, really liked that spot, and I liked their brunch. And, you know, it was just—it reminded me a lot of— Place other places I've traveled. They had a beautiful patio. They did. Yes. They just did it well. If it's funny, if you didn't say their brunch, I got really excited, and I was going to say that was my favorite brunch. Uh-huh. <laughs> and what would you like to see come there? I think just having a memory for me of it being the place that I wanted to go on the weekend and spend time. And it sadly doesn't come to mind at all right now. There are many other districts that do, and so I don't think it's one specific thing. I think it's an overall feeling and and vibe that I'm excited to have return for it to be like a destination. I get that. I, I'd like to see there be retail there. It doesn't have to be Apple for sure. If I never went to another <laughs> Apple store. Um, Sacrilege. It, I don't— I, I just would love to see some thriving retail there that was really a pull to bring you down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think good hospitality, restaurants and bars, and retail feed well off of each other. So here's to a bright future for Fayetteville Street. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? Visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this, where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.